0: A hard life as one of your children. I've questioned shouldn't things be better for me? There's so many valleys, there's been too many hills, I thought, but I was wrong, Father. I'm sorry, I couldn't. You <laughs>
1: I've struggled so with knowing what you've always been
2: God's house when he's moving, start the year off with just the Lord touching our hearts and doing what we need to, gathering around, praying. Uh, I want Daryl to sing this song. It's going to go with the message. I hope I get to preach the message. But la- on Wednesday night, we were in the book of Malachi, and you might think, wow, what a unusual place to be. I'm telling you what, I'm, I'm enthralled with this book already, the very... Verse number 2, we start the whole book with God saying, Behold, I have loved you, saith the Lord. We're blown away with the fact that God would love us. We're blown away with the fact that he would consider us, that he would be aware of our existence at all yet he set his love upon us. Man, it's amazing. The love of God. I don't know if I get to preach it this morning, but in the book of Malachi, he starts to describe not ways that we would think about that love that God has for us. And this morning, this song has been moving through my mind because it's God's love. It is God that initiates the love towards us. Yeah. Yeah. See, we don't... It's a, it's, a, it's a tough place to be. we got to be careful. Because somehow we sometimes get this feeling that we somehow deserve this love of God. That, that He somehow owes us something. That's when those thoughts start to creep into our mind of, well, why did this happen? How come it's not like... Daryl already sang it this morning, didn't he? He does not owe us anything. Yeah. He does not owe us his love. But yet, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We love him because he first loved Amen. us. Right. Yeah. Boy, if there's anything that we ought to maybe get into God's house this morning and praise Him for is that when we were unlovable, God loved us. Not only did He love us, but He displayed and manifested through the giving of His own Son the most perfect love that the world has ever seen. Thank God for His unspeakable gift. Love moved first.
0: story of a runaway with no way home and no way out. I threw the best of me away. I had my chance, it's too late now. I'm too far gone, too ashamed to think that you still know my name. But love refused to let my story end that way. And pull me out. You knew I couldn't make change, so you became the change in me. Now I live to tell the story of a God who rescues.
2: Or sit down I know we got offering stuff to do I know a lot I'm just gonna we're gonna follow the Lord a little bit I'm gonna go to Malachi you turn with me Malachi chapter number one I just want to say a few things about this passage of Scripture I just want to look at it I have so much stuff but we'll just follow the Lord this morning Malachi chapter number one, it's the very last book of the Old Testament. You go to Matthew, just go back a couple pages, you're going to find Malachi. Chapter number one, verse number one, the Bible says, the burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. And God, creator of everything, the sustainer, the one who needs no help from anyone, we believe in the sovereign God Men, that means he doesn't need you. He doesn't have to get anything from you. He doesn't need you loving him to somehow fill some void he has. He doesn't even really need you praising him just so that he will get glory. There are angels that spend all of their time in heaven saying glory, glory, glory to God in the highest. He is praised. He is honored. He is reverenced. He needs nothing from us. But that God says, I have loved you, saith the Lord. I have loved you. And I am absolutely blown away by the fact that God would set his love upon us. I use those words specifically because God does that. When God sets his love upon something, when he enters into a covenant with a people, he will not break his covenant. His promises are forever and true. He might make the covenant better, but he's not going to break the covenant. He might come along and reveal to us the more perfect nature of his being and show us more about his nature and improve upon the covenant. But he's not going to break the covenant. When he makes us a promise, it's true. He says, I've loved you, saith the Lord. Notice what happens. Yet ye say, verse number two, yet ye say, wherein hast thou loved us? Children of Israel, look at a holy God and say, wait, how, how have you loved us? What are you talking about? What is this love? They look around and they don't understand it. Wherein hast thou loved us? Jesus or God says this in response to that. Was not Esau Jacob's brother? saith the Lord, notice this, and I'm going to finish with this. I'm not going to even finish the verse, but I want you to get this. Yet I loved Jacob and I hated Esau. Yet I loved Jacob and I hated Esau. Let's pray, God help us just for a moment this morning. Dear Lord, I, I don't know what you are doing in the congregation this morning. I feel the Holy Spirit is moving. We want to be sensitive to it. I know, dear God, that you've used the choir this morning. You've used the songs. We believe also that not in in compliment, but in necessity today is the word of God needs to be presented. So help us this morning for a moment. Dear Lord, I don't know. Maybe there's someone here and they've walked with God for a long time and they're just doubting the love of God for them. Maybe there's somebody here who's never even experienced the love of God. Dear Lord, what a day it would be for either party to find the joy of their salvation again. What a joy it might be for someone to come and enter into the covenant relationship, the promise that God has made that whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God, we'll praise you for anything and everything you do this morning. We're praising you already because the Holy Spirit's been with us and it's been good. So help us this morning just for a moment. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We already mentioned some of this on Wednesday night, but we took a look at this book in introduction and we noticed that this book is speaking about the love of God that's displayed to us. John Piper, when he comments on these passages of Scripture, he relates to the fact of how similar the day and time that these uh, Jewish people were living in is to the day and time that we live in. In other words, he was saying they were waiting for the coming of the first coming of the Messiah, and here we are waiting on the second coming of Jesus Christ. They were also disillusioned, disappointed, and a little bit in despair that Messiah had not come yet and their religion had turned into a formality and they had become lackadaisical in how they worship God and what they were doing. In other words, they were saying, if the Messiah is not coming, how do we even know that God is real? In a very similar way, you have probably felt that way or maybe even had it said to you, I don't really think that Jesus Christ is coming back. It's been 2,000 years since he left. Uh, what makes you so sure that he is coming back? And the waiting and all of that leads some people to be discouraged, disillusioned. We start to question. As a matter of fact, not only Piper, but R.C. Sproul in his commentary on this passage of Scripture says very much the same thing. And as he relates it, he says they were disillusioned, they were discouraged, and they were a doubting people. Unfortunately, that could be very much said of the church right now in this present age. They are disillusioned. They are looking at it and going, where is the God of miracles? Where is the God that would move by power? Why does it seem, just just like we've talked about over and over in these prophets, why is the wicked prospering and the righteous so far behind? They are disillusioned. They are saying, where is the mighty hand of God? They are discouraged in the way. Let's just face it. Even when we've been walking with the Lord, there's stuff that happens in this life that gets us down. And we get discouraged. We're walking for the Lord. And we walk through the valleys, do we not? We go through things that we're like, God, this just doesn't seem fair. I don't know what's going on. God, how can you be so kind and gracious but allow this to happen? And then they start to doubt. To doubt. The very thing that we talked about, and we, and, and we did a better job on Wednesday night, saying the thing, just like we preached, If there's or we sang, if there's one thing I'm sure of, I'm sure of you. If there's one thing that I can see throughout the whole Bible, is that God loves me. But yet I doubt it, don't I? And wonder where it could be. This is where these folks find us. That's why when we look at it and we see God pronouncing to them, hey, I have loved you, they say, how have you loved us? And we can relate to that. You know, on the outside we go, oh, how would they do that? But let's just face it, we do it too, don't we? How can you love me, God? It just doesn't seem to make sense. Well, I want us to look at this just so quickly. God could have done a lot of things, right? God could have said, look at my track record. I brought you out of the land of Egypt. I've done this for you. I've provided for you in every situation. I have made sure that the covenant that I made with Abraham has been ongoing. Not only that, the covenant that I made with Jacob has been ongoing. He's saying, listen, I could prove to you over and over Just by the fact that just mere a hundred years ago I sent you away to Babylon, but I was true to my word, and you returned to the land. God has a track record of coming through for us, does He not? But let's just face it: just like the children of Israel, we count our blessings, but by the time that we get to Monday or Tuesday, we done forgot about counting those blessings, and we're right back to where we were before. Oh God, what are you doing? Oh God, how could you love me? Oh God, I just don't think this makes sense. And we find our, and so we see right here that God doesn't go back and look at his record. God uses a very unusual method. As a matter of fact, it's one that I'm still thinking about a lot. I'm going to share some of it with you this morning, but sometimes it still doesn't even make sense to me. Here's what God told him. We already read it, did we not? As a matter of fact, it's found in verses 1 through 5 of what we just read. As a matter of, here's what he says. You break down right through at the middle of verse number 2. He says, the people say, wherein hast thou loved us? Or where is this love for us? And this is what he says. Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord? He said, listen, remember? Jacob and Esau were brothers, right? But I loved Jacob, and I hated Esau. That's the proof that he gives to them that he's a loving God. I can already tell this morning you're looking at me and you're saying, what what does that have to do with anything? Well, again, might I remind you, it's so important for us to study and meditate on the scripture. You know, God wants us to consider his word on a little bit of a deeper level. Amen? Sometimes you're going to have to do some chewing on God's word. I'm going to share just a couple real quick uh, of the things that I believe that are important about this uh, and and help us as we consider God's love towards us and maybe help us understand it a little bit better. Number one, I want you to think about this, and this is from our text. I had a a bunch of other stuff that I wanted to mention, but we're just going to go straight to this this morning. Number one... God's love, now this isn't surprising, but you do need to think about it because no matter what we're, what's happening in our life, we still have to struggle with this one. God's love is unmerited. You do not deserve it. God doesn't, we, I, we've already sung plenty about it this morning. This is what is so important when we come to Jacob and Esau. Go back to the story of Jacob and Esau. Was Jacob that great of a guy that God set his love on him? No. What's Jacob's name mean? The supplanter, the deceiver. Jacob, he was a pretty, he was a scoundrel. That's just, that's the best way to put it. Esau wasn't much better. Esau traded his birthright, that very privileged thing that was a part of what God was doing. He traded it for a bowl of soup. Esau cared very little about anyone but himself and what he was doing. And when I come to this and I look at this and I say, well, why did God love Jacob instead and why didn't he love Esau? The truth of the matter is neither one of them deserved the love of God. Neither one of them deserved to be found in the favor of God. Both of them deserved to be cast out and sent and destroyed for their wickedness. But by the mercy of God, it's not unjust that he hated Esau. It's not unjust that he set his judgment upon Esau. But it is out of his great mercy and his unmerited grace that he showed favor on Jacob. If you find yourself in the favor of God, able to hear the voice of God, able to hear the Holy Spirit calling your name, pulling you and drawing you. If you sat in here this morning and the Holy Spirit was tugging on your heart, it is only by the mercy of God that that is allowed to happen. And you ought to stop right there and say, it is an amazing thing. I have been shown favor and grace that God would even display to me the smallest bit of grace shown in my life. I do not deserve it. I do not. The arrogance that flows from us believing that God somehow owes us some right or God owes us love will absolutely destroy our relationship with God. If we start in that place, we have no faith in God. If we start in that place, we are proudful in our heart, and God rejects the proud. He rejects them. We have to come place. This inflated sense of right and privilege is absolutely ripe in our society and it leaks over into our Christianity. That we come in, we come into the house of God, and we believe that we're owed something by God's people, by the leadership. We believe that we're owed something, that there are certain things that we should get. But I want to tell you, it is those that come humbly before God, before His service, and before His work, these are the ones that He will accept. When we come believing that He owes us something, we cannot come to God. God's love is unmerited. God's love is absolute grace. I, I, I don't have time to get into to these because I'm, I'm, I don't want to even go. I'm going to save them for later because I'm going to bring them back. I'm just going to finish with this one. God's love is eternal. Notice what he says. If you notice these things right here, he says, and the Lord saith, I, yet I have loved Jacob. And then he says, I have hated Esau. If you go through and you read these, notice what he says about Esau. And laid his mountains... Uh, and made his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Whereas Edom saith, we are impoverished, but we will return and build the desolate places. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, they shall build, but I will throw down. And they shall call them the border of wickedness and the people against whom the Lord hath indignation forever. God has thrown down children of Esau forever no Matter. I don't, I, can't, I don't even want to get into all of that but the people of Edom are no more if we asked you you could probably show us on a map hopefully you could where the nation of Israel is go to a map and find the nation of Edom you will not find it God has destroyed them but yet God has made of his people Israel a people that will be forever I love this so much because if you go into, and I already told you I can't go too far, Jacob, he gets his name changed to Israel, the father of that great nation. Out of him, we see the 12 tribes that are coming. We see all of this happen, that through that nation, all the worlds will be blessed. We know that through that line came our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen who gave himself on the cross of Calvary, showing us amazing love, giving us a hope for a new future and everything like that. Then the Bible tells us that any person, you don't have to be of the house and lineage of Jacob anymore. You don't have to be of the Jewish line. He says, guess what? Anyone that will come, I will graft them in to the nation of Israel. I will bring them in and make them a part of that root. I will make them a part of this one Jacob whose heritage, unlike that of Edom, will be destroyed and ruined for all of eternity. I will bring them into the household of God and they will be for everlasting. Ever, it'll last forever. You say, Mike, what do you say? It's this simple. Those that put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ will live forever. They have been brought into the family of God. Listen, if I had the time this morning, but some of you, it might bore you, so I don't want to do that. We can literally go through all of this with Jacob. And we can go down the line and we can show you the depths and the riches that it means to be a part of that lineage and a part of that house. And then we could show you in the New Testament the depths of what Paul is talking about when he says you that were Gentiles who were once far off and aliens from the commonwealth of Israel have been made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's a little bit of deep stuff, but what he's saying was is You didn't have any clue who I was. But yet I called you by name. And I invited you in. And I made you part of the family. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But whoever rejects, and I know it's harsh, but it's the truth of the word of God, will be wiped away from existence. It's just what happened. But yet God, with his great love, and extending that mercy this morning. Oh my, isn't it amazing that he even thought, every head bowed, every eye closed. Uh, Daryl and the choir's gonna sing. They're gonna do whatever is our invitation this morning. I don't know if you need to move. There'll be folks up here that can pray with you, show you from the Bible how you can be saved. Maybe you just need to, I know so many have already come this morning and we thank the Lord for it. But maybe you've just been doubting a little bit the love of God that he has for you. Let me tell you this morning, he has set his love upon you. He loves you so much. And he wants to just prove it over and over to you. Your Heavenly Father, use, use the message this morning. Use what's been done. I feel I've not handled your word like I should, but dear God, you're faithful. When we, when we mess up, you're faithful. Your word is faithful. Use it this morning. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. As we stand. Oh, and
3: deep sing. the Father's love for us. How best beyond all may. his only son to make a wretched his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss The Father turns his face away As one which mar the chosen one Bring many sons to glory Behold the man upon the cross My sin upon his shoulders Ashamed I hear my mocking voice Call out among the scoffers It was my sin